Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. This is episode 21. That's right, the Blackjack episode of Coach Bennett's podcast. And this is the one so many of you have been asking for, the mailbag episode. That's right, we are opening up the mailbag and we are reading so many of your letters. So you know what? Let's just get going. Well, welcome to episode 21 of Coach Bennett's podcast, the much-anticipated mailbag episode. That's right, your Q's, my A's from the mailbag, which was a hope of mine early on. I mean, if we go back to the trailer episode, I think I even mentioned the fact that one of my dreams for this uh, podcast was to have a mailbag and have letters in the mailbag that have questions or stories. And guess what? We got it all. And then I hinted, I think, a few episodes in that maybe we'll have a mailbag-only episode. And here we are. Dreams come true. How great is that? And this is the other benefit here. There's so many letters. Um, I can't ramble too much. So we're just going to dive right in right now. And we're actually going to start with a letter, oddly enough, that I answered the question, I believe, already, but I wanted to kind of double down on it because I think it's going to highlight a future episode as well. So we're just going to get right into it. And the first one is from Cody from Calgary, Canada, our neighbors up north. And now that I live in Oregon, I guess I've been living in Oregon for a while now, those are our neighbors directly to the north. I mean, if you skip Washington, and I'm not saying skip Washington, but we're a lot closer than when I lived in Jersey, and now I'm rambling. Okay, so let's get into it. Letter one from Cody from Calgary. Greetings, Coach Bennett. I hope this letter finds you well. First of all, I wanted to say thanks. Thanks for taking the time to create the new podcast. I'm really excited about this. The Substack articles and all of those NRC guided runs. I love these guided runs. I actually get anxious that one day I'll log on and somehow they'll have been pulled or removed and I'll be left running in circles. Okay, not likely, but still I'm hoping you get to keep the masters or something. I'm pretty sure Tom Petty hid his masters from the record companies for years. Might be an idea. Well, Cody, I will let you know. I have all the scripts because I write them all. All right, moving on to your letter. I don't necessarily have a question, but more of an idea. Maybe for a show or a segment on a show. Yesterday, I did one of my favorite guided runs on the NRC app, 10K Head Starts. I love this one. 5K Head Starts is rad too, by the way. Cody, great use of the word rad. And one of my favorite thought starters is right around 2 or 3K, I think. And here's what Cody mentions. In the end, if you give everything to the people and things you are most passionate about, you will end up with more than when you started. Cody goes on to write, Whoa, I remember hearing this and nearly stopping my run to write it down. 
It'd be kind of great if you could rewind these, you know, while out on the run. I mean, I know it'd mess up with the GPS and that tech stuff that I have no idea how it works, but it would be cool, right? Anyway, I did get home and write it down, the best I could remember it, and I think about this quote a lot. Like, I mean, every day, seriously. Without getting into all the heavy details, it's been kind of a tough year. It's also been great, too. But man, do I look forward to my runs. And I think... What I've learned from running and the guided runs is that it's okay to feel sad, angry, etc., but it's not worth staying in those places for long. As you say, we're trying to run ourselves somewhere new, somewhere better. My thought for the show, more specifically, you're not the only one that can ramble, is breaking the quote down. What things can we do to stay on track and focused on those most important peoples and things to make sure we're moving somewhere better down the road and in our lives? Okay. I should wrap this up because I assume there's a lot of mail coming your way. Thanks again for making a difference. It's not easy to do what you do, but I think the community, running and the larger one, need and are better for your positive voice and message. And lastly, thanks for setting up a mailbag. I haven't written an actual letter and wandered down to my local Canada Post location in years. It's a nice change. So cheers to you, Cody. Well, Cody... That was awesome, and I'm super excited that you wrote a letter. I'm super excited that uh, you know it was something that was new for you to do. Thank you for sharing your runs with me, and it's a great idea, and it's one that actually um, on Coach Bennett's newsletter I just did with one of the quotes um, that resonates with people, and that one was, if you can't do the run you want to do, do the run you can do, and I gave a background of where it came from and, and, and why I said it, because I think often I talk about the inspiration for the quote from a running lens, but I don't often give background of where I came up with it. So I think it's a great idea, and I think we will have future episodes um, that do exactly what you said. And I, and I will tell you, there's like a cousin to the line that you really like, which is um, about sacrifice, and uh, it's my belief that, well, I'll just give you the line, actually, which is just that every worthy sacrifice ends with you getting more back than you give. And I'll give you an example. You know, a lot of times you'll hear coaches say, you got to sacrifice your Friday nights. But, okay, maybe you don't go out on a Friday night because there's a run Sunday mo- uh, Saturday morning. But, you know, what you get back in return, you get a great run Saturday morning. You, you get this positive stress in your life Saturday morning. If you're on a team, you get to be with teammates that are joined in this great purpose together as a team, as teammates, as a family. That's what you're getting on Saturday by sacrificing something on Friday night. So it doesn't make the sacrifice any less worthy, but it's important to remember that a worthy sacrifice often gives back more than it takes. So great idea, Cody. I love the idea. And yes, we will have an episode and maybe we'll break down your quote on the first one. Okay. The next one is uh, another one that I've already answered, but I'm going to tell you why I want to answer this one. This goes to Coach George um, uh, from the university school in Nashville. And he writes, Hey, Coach Bennett, excited about the podcast. Thanks so much to you and Coach Tammy, because there is a two Coach Bennett's Talking podcast as well. You may or may not recall speaking, Zooming with the high school team I coached last fall. I tried to mail this shirt to you, but it was returned to sender. 
I'm glad to have another way to mail it to you, and thank you for the inspiration as the girls were third in XC State and the boys won. Also, for the mailbag, maybe for you and Tammy, what movies, running or not about running, should we show at XC Team Camp? Again, thanks so much. This is Coach George. And P.S. Any interest in speaking to our team again? Coach, 100% yes. Let's do it. Put it on the calendar. I would love to talk to both the boys and girls for your team. And I'm going to be rocking your shirt on my run later today. You know what? I'll even take a picture and I'll put it up too. To your question about what movies running related or not to show at an XC team camp. Well, when I was coaching, um, actually when Coach Tammy and I were putting on our sleepaway cross-country camps um, up in Pennsylvania, so I, I coached in New Jersey, um, but we, um, we ran the camp in the mountains of Pennsylvania, I wouldn't show an entire movie at camps. What I would do each year is I would try to um, have four or five different scenes or parts from a movie that I would show that kind of fit the story. And I'll I'll give you an example. So there's a great scene in the movie Hoosiers, which is about an Indiana high school boys basketball team, where right before the state championships, which is at Butler University, which is massive and probably seats, you know, 10,000 people, they were playing in gyms that were seating 200, 300, 400 people. So when the boys come into this Butler arena and they're looking around. They think this is, this is insane. This is massive. This is gigantic. How are we going to be able to play here? And there's this wonderful scene where the coach basically has the athletes measure the distance from the goal to the foul line. He says, how long is it? I say 10 feet. And then he does from the rim to the floor. How long is it? He says 10 feet. And he then says, I think what you'll realize is that the dimensions of this court are the exact same as the ones back in Hickory at our home court, which is mind-blowing to the kids. And his point is that, yes, the stage may be bigger, but the play is the same, which I think is great. And it's a wonderful reminder to athletes that, yes, as the stages get bigger and bigger and bigger, The track doesn't. It's still 400 meters. Or if it's a 5K cross-country race, it's still 5K. There may be more fans there. But all of those things that got you to this stage, they're going to be what allow you to thrive on that stage. And there was another clip from the last Batman movie, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Um, There's a scene where they're talking about getting out of the the hole, basically. And if you've seen it, I'm not going to ruin anything, but if you should probably skip ahead like 30 seconds if you haven't seen Dark Knight Rises. But anyway, there, there's a scene where Batman, Bruce Wayne, is talking about he's not scared. And he's trying to get out of this hole, and there's this one jump you have to make. And he keeps saying, I'm not scared. No one's made the jump except for one person, but we'll get to that. Well, we're not going to get to that because I'm not going to ruin the movie. But... He's talking to this guy, this other prisoner there, and says, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. And you would think, like, oh, that's great. you got to make this crazy jump. You should be fearless. And the other prisoner says, and that's why you fail. Because if you want to make this jump, you need to be afraid. And he doesn't mean cowering. What he means is you need to fear not making the jump, falling. That's what's going to make you push even further, is having something to lose. 
And I thought that's such a brilliant commentary that it's not about being fearless. It's about overcoming fear. It's about overcoming anxiety. It's about running with these things and, and dealing with them. It's not about being fearless. It's, and it's also about being open to the fact that, guess what? If, if this doesn't work out and I care so much, I may be devastated. That's okay. My heart may break. Okay. It's, it's, it's part of the gig. If you care about something this much, there's the possibility you're going to get hurt. And, you, and that's part of life. And I think it's important to let athletes know that if you fall in love with this and if you set a big goal and if you set a great challenge, there is the possibility it doesn't work out. And that's going to hurt. And that's okay. So there are like different clips. Ride the Lightning, I think is what it's called, about a, a great skateboarder trying to jump over the Great Wall of China. There's about a 20-minute sequence there, which is, uh, you know, amazing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it, – I, I wouldn't be trapped by thinking you have to show like a two-hour movie. I think sometimes what you can do is you can show clips, powerful clips, that get points across to your athletes that, that, that will resonate with them. So they don't often need a two-hour movie. Sometimes they just need two minutes, and the lesson is learned. To quote Bruce Springsteen here, you know, he said, I learned more from a three-minute record baby than I ever learned in school. And he's not diminishing the importance of school. I think what he's doing is highlighting the importance of sometimes with three minutes of life, of art, music, um, can do. So, yeah, great question. And I'll reiterate again, yes, I would love to talk to your team. Okay, next question, question number three. Man, this is already rolling through so fast. This is Audrey from Portland, and let me just open this up. Okay. Howdy, coach. I got to love those. You know, I've got a greetings. I've got a howdy. This is terrific. Okay. Howdy, coach. I ran into you at the end of May in Eugene in the hallowed space of the Jersey Mike's pickup line. You were kind enough to step away and chat and take a selfie with me. You gave me some advice about my then upcoming race, a half marathon on June 4th. You mostly said to get into a proud and confident headspace in the days before the race. This was super helpful advice. To be frank, it was damn cool of you to take a few minutes out of your day to impart that wisdom on the spot. My race went pretty well. I still can't believe I ran a half marathon as I had never run even a 5K before March, nor had ever really tried to make running a part of my life. You asked me to let you know how my race goes went, which is why I'm writing you. But this is also really a thank you note. The half marathon plan on the NRC app was my guiding light because running has helped me so much in my day-to-day -day life. Don't you hate it when what everybody says turns out to be true? <laughs> I have ADHD and some other mental stuff, in part due to a traumatic brain injury freak accident I sustained when I was seven. I'm 23 now. I'm not trying to get too deep here. But I say this to emphasize how helpful the work you have done to encourage running has been for me. The effort and time you have put in to make accessible, welcoming, pro-fun, and anti-intense running content is evident. And this content has been quintessential for me to feel like I could go out and run. And for me to actually go out and run. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Very best. Audrey. Well... Audrey, you're a badass, and 
anytime you see me in Jersey Mike's, uh, I want to hear about your running or anywhere else, you know? And I remember that. That was great. Super proud of you. And more starting lines await, Audrey. So you keep finding the guts and the courage and the belief and the hope to find those starting lines, and you're going to keep running yourself somewhere extraordinary. Okay, the next one comes all the way from Finland, which is awesome. And Finland has an unbelievable running tradition, so this is super cool. I'm excited about that. This is Sharika from Finland. Dear Coach B, congratulations on the podcast and thank you. I have a topic for the mailbag. I've been running casually many years, but this is my first year sticking to a marathon plan. I am terrified of not finishing within the six-hour cutoff time and dread those who say, if you can't run a marathon in six hours, you shouldn't be running a marathon at all. Of course, we all have different reasons for taking on the challenge, but I think many casual runners who decide to commit to marathon training are unaware, unprepared for the mental toll potential failure may take, and almost all will feel that not finishing in time for a medal is a failure. How do we forgive ourselves or see the problem in a different light? Take care, Sharika. That's an awesome question and a valid one. And I'm so happy that you asked it. I I would start here from a coaching point of view. Um, I would probably ask you at the beginning, why are you doing this? And I bet it would take a while before you said, I want to run a marathon under six hours. I think the first thing the first things that you would probably say are the challenge, um, the commitment, the journey, the physical benefits from it, the emotional benefits from it, the spiritual benefits from it. I think the joy that you would associate with doing all of the work and getting to that starting line and the satisfaction and celebration of crossing that ultimate finish line. And then you may say, oh, and, and, and running 550 in the marathon, almost as an afterthought. That, that's if, if I had to guess, like if we sat down and we went through it, and even if the time was a little bit higher up the list, it doesn't negate all of the other reasons why you're doing the marathon. So don't sabotage all of the other amazing things that come from accomplishing the journey. And it is a journey. It means accomplishing, getting to all the starting lines over the course of the 14, 16, 18 weeks. It means doing the fartlek runs and the hill runs and the long runs and the speed runs. It's, it's committing and recommitting to that commitment. It's the satisfaction you get from doing that random recovery run that was so hard to do. It's the satisfaction and joy you get from doing a long run in a way that that blows your mind, that once you thought was uh, unattainable, and now it's just another week's long run. Don't allow this one measurement of success to take away all of the others, okay? That's what I would say. And if you cross the line under six hours, fantastic. You've achieved all those things. If you cross the line at six hours and one minute, What have you not achieved? You've still achieved all of those other things. Don't allow the clock to dictate how successful this was. And I'll tell you what, this goes for anybody. If your goal is to break three hours and you go three hours and two minutes, is it really a failure? 
are you kidding me? I think if there is a failure, the failure would be how you are looking at your success. That's the failure. And hopefully you can remedy that because it is an unbelievable accomplishment to do the training it takes to be able to do a marathon. And it is yet another extraordinary accomplishment to cover 42.2K or 26.2 miles. So that is my answer to you. And that is a great question all the way from Finland. Thank you for writing. That's awesome. Okay, the next question comes from Carla from Baker City. All right. Coach Bennett, first and foremost, we need to discuss Oregon weather. I grew up in Albany, so I know what you mean when you talk about rain. But I live in Baker City now, and we average 196 sunny days per year and only 15 inches of rain versus Portland's 36 inches of annual rainfall. Okay, this is... I did not know that. That's pretty amazing that there are parts of Oregon that are so different than what I'm dealing with right now, which literally right now I'm dealing with drizzle. Okay, let's get back to your... Let's get back to your letter. I highly recommend an Eastern Oregon road trip. Google image searches suggest Eagle Cap Wilderness, Wallowa Lake, and downtown Baker City. Next, let's talk books. During Best Runner Ever, which was a um, month-long course, basically that Coach Tammy, my wife, and I put together two summers ago? Or was it last summer? Oh, man, time just slips away. All right, um... Back to the letter. Again, I'm starting to ramble. During Best Runner Ever, you suggested Project Hail Mary to me. That's a book, among others. Project Hail Mary was hands down one of the best books I've ever read, so thank you. Long story short, my dad is in prison, and we read the book at the same time, and we both loved it. That's awesome. I love when people share the sport, and I love when people share books. That is so awesome. If you're sharing your passions with someone else, You're just increasing the amount of passion in the world. I love it. Okay. So here are my book suggestions for you. The Hard Parts by Oksana Masters. The House is on Fire by Rachel Beanland. The Wager by David Gran. The Diamond Eye by Kate Quinn. Hmm. All of those titles start with The. Weird. I'll stop there for now. Lastly, thank you for what you do to encourage all runners. The goodness that you pour out into the wilderness is so needed. And as a late-to-the-game runner, your positivity is greatly appreciated. I'm working toward a half marathon this year with your advice and encouragement. See you on the next starting line, Carla. Carla, thank you. I am actually in a nice little stretch here of reading, and I've got a queue of books lined up, but I'm always looking for books to add to the queue, so I'm going to be checking those out Thank you for the recommendations. Keep those book recommendations coming and let me know what the next book you and your dad both love because if you both love Project Hail Mary, then I'm going to assume that both of you like the same kind of books that I do. All right, next one up is from Melissa and Melissa is from Poughkeepsie. Hi, Coach Bennett. I'm a runner training for a charity half marathon in Disney in November. I'm quite a bit faster than the other runners in my group So my question is this, during our group runs, do I slow myself down to stay with the herd or run my best, even if it means being alone ahead of the group? Sometimes I feel like a jerk running ahead, but I also get frustrated slowing it down. I want to be a team player, but also want to run my best. 
awesome question and a common question. And it goes both ways. There are people who are looking at it from the other angle, which is, do I run faster on my long runs with a greater effort than I'm probably comfortable with because I want to stay with the group? So this is a really common question. Okay, and it's a great question, and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can structure your long run. Okay, that, that it's beneficial to the group. And if you look at it, of like, okay, I want to stay with the group, but I also want to run a certain amount of distance at a certain pace. So you're you're basically you've got these two competing interests. There's a lot of different ways you can do this, but I think understanding what's best for you and explaining that to the group allows everyone to do what's best for them. So I think you're going to have to make some decisions here. There may be some weeks where you say, you know what, the purpose of this is going to be less on pace and more on distance or duration. So you can factor in long runs where you say, you know, where you may think to yourself, okay, normally I would be going for, I'm making it up, a 90-minute run today at uh, six-minute Ks. Again, the time and the distance don't matter. It's the concept. But instead, I think I'm going to run with the group and I'm going to run for 110 or 120 minutes, and I'm going to run at slower Ks. So I'm going to be covering similar distance, but at a much slower pace. So what you're really working on is time on feet, which is, which is also something to work on, especially if you're training for a marathon. It's not only about covering distance at a certain pace. It's also about callousing yourself mentally and physically for being on your feet for longer durations and longer distances. And then there can be other ones where maybe you're meeting people on their recovery run days or maybe they're doing shorter but they're running quicker and they can join you for parts of your long run. So maybe on a different day you say, all right, I need to run my 90 minutes and I've got some friends that are going to jump in for the first 30, the middle 30, and the last 30 and they're going to be running a recovery run pace which, uh, or, or maybe a, a tempo run pace for them, but it's your long run pace. So you can work with each other. So you running your long run is helping a friend or teammate do a 30-minute tempo run. So you just have to figure out where that crossover is in paces and how you can take advantage of each other. That's one way of doing it. It takes a little bit of time. More than anything, though, it takes a conversation, which is not a scary conversation and shouldn't be an uncomfortable conversation amongst your teammates of how can we both help each other? What can I do to make your runs better? And what can you do to make my runs better so we're making our running better? That's the purpose of a team. Everyone is sacrificing a little bit of themselves for the betterment of the team, but in response... That collective team makes them better than they could ever be alone. How cool is that? The answer is really cool, but that's a team. Okay, so I hope that helped, and good luck. Let me know how the marathon went or goes, because again, I'm getting to some of these a little bit later. Okay, the next question, let's get right to it, is Jody from Maine. All right, New England. I'm a 42-year-old female who also happens to be a 12-year-old boy. Strong work on the fartlek jokes in your podcast, 11. Oh, I get it. Yes, you are immature. Fantastic. All right, let's keep going. Anyway, can you tell me why I get side stitches and how to stop them? And also, why my nose runs faster than I do? And what's the etiquette for snot rockets? Okay, well, let's, let's start with the snot rockets. If you're running with people, you never do a snot rocket if you're in the middle of the group. 
Okay, there are too many ankles and waists and chests around you. And as, as much as you think you're a, 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 you know, a snot slinger, like an old school Western gunslinger, you're not. You're moving. You think you can snot rocket to the grass. It's going to end up on someone's ankle. I've been there. It's horrific. It's disgusting. There's gagging. There's retching. Nobody wants that. You move to the outside of the group, okay, and you snot rocket even further to the outside. Now, if you're really great, and you really should move to the back of the group because it's a lot like you're in a moving car and you roll down your window if you're like in the driver's seat and you spit and suddenly you hear like, what was that? And it's the person sitting behind you in the middle row and their window is down and you're like, oh God, this is horrible. Yeah, so move to the back. Nobody spitting out of the back window gets complaints from people in the car, all right? So move to the back and snot rocket that bad boy off to the side, all right? That's, that's, and it's the same thing with farts, my people, okay? So if you've got to drop a fart, okay, move to the back of the pack. You know what I mean? Move to the back of the pack. Have, have some respect, okay? The odds are you're going to get away with it and no one's going to know, but that even makes it worse because then there's like dissension in the group and everyone's blaming each other and pointing fingers and it's terrible. Drop to the back, drop ass, and then you can come back up. I'll tell you what, everyone's going to know what you just did and they're going to respect you for it. They're going to thank you for it. So snot rockets and farts, get to the outside and to the back, do your business, and then you can come back. All right, great question. There's going to be a lot of happy people in Maine that are not going to be getting loogies stuck on their shin or something like that. So, all right, next question. That was that was the seventh question. We are rolling. Let's keep it going. All right, the next one is Carly from Beaverton. All right, let's do it. Coach Bennett, thank you for reading my letter. I'm in the third quarter of the Nike Run Club Half Marathon training plan. I love the plan, and I've been highly dedicated to following it, workout for workout. I've heard you mention in your guided runs and in your podcast that running in races is an important aspect of training and deepening my appreciation for the sport. My question, what is your advice for incorporating races of different lengths and types, road, trail, sand, etc., for us type A personalities who struggle with deviating from a training plan? Do we add the race to the plan and get an extra run that week, or do we replace a speed run with a race or something different? Awesome question. Okay, well, it it depends, but every every question is going to have an answer that depends. So I'll just kind of break it down as simply as possible. You're going to have to replace something. You don't add a race into your training by adding an extra day of running. Okay, that's not what you're going to do. It makes the most sense to get rid of the speed run, but you have to remember your speed run isn't usually on a Saturday for most people, but the race is probably on a Saturday. So you're going to have to adjust your schedule, and that means the week of the race and the week after the race, you're going to have to do a little bit of juggling, and that's okay. That is fine because one of the things that a race does, an unexpected race, one that you decide to just throw in there, it breaks up your training. It's a lot of fun. It's a hard effort. It's training for the ultimate race day, getting the nerves, and you, it allows you to you know spend the night before, getting your meal set, you know planning the morning of, getting your race gear ready. So there's a lot of great benefits. But depending on the race length, the intensity you're going to run it at, all of these things are going to be factored in to the recovery 
in anticipation of, so you're going to have a speed run. How many days do you want to give before this race? That's going to be dependent on how hard you want to race that day. If you're just going there and you're going to treat it like, ah, it's going to be like a six effort, seven effort, you probably don't have to change much. But if you're going in there and it's an intense and you say, I'm going to try to give my best and I'm going to try to set a PB, okay, then you're going to want that last speed run a little further away from race day. And then you're going to want your long run to be a little bit after race day, which is going to bump the next speed run. So like I said, there's like a cascading effect after. And what you want to do is anticipate the race with your training before. So yes, you're going to ditch one of the speed runs and then you're going to adjust the training the week before and the week after. So you can be ready for and recovered from the race, okay? So it takes a little bit of planning. It takes a little bit of thinking, but these are the things that make you better at running, okay? Because going through this process is going to force you to be your own best coach where you're thinking, how do I want to set up and structure my week ahead? And how do I want to recover from this race, which is going to lead to you structuring your week after, all of that forces you to think like a coach in what's best for the athlete, which is an awesome exercise to go through. So great question. Thank you, Carly. Okay, and the next question comes from Victoria, British Columbia. Very nice. And this is Simon. And okay, and I've read this letter, and this is an awesome one. I'm not going to read it out here because the main question is one that I will answer separately. But this is to Simon, who's 20 and is from uh, Yukon, Whitehorse, Yukon, Canada. And he says, I think that breaks the record for the furthest north you've gotten a letter from anyone. And he's, he's I believe he's right. Um, but he is a college student and he is new to the sport of running. And I just want to say this to Simon, you're a stud, you're a rock star, you're a badass for taking on this sport and for joining that run club. And for continuing to train and trying to share the sport with family and with friends. And yes, I will get you a response to the question that you asked. I just wanted you to know that I got your letter. I read it. I will be responding to you. You keep finding starting lines. You keep investing yourself not just in the sport, but in the community around the sport. Because we are better for having you on the starting line. So thank you for your letter. And uh, yes, as of now, you have the record for the furthest north letter that I have received. Pretty badass. Yukon. Woo. All right. Next question. Uh, okay. Next mail is from Amelie, who's from Canada. We got a lot of Canadians. Wow. And she's actually sent this from Portugal, though. And it's on this amazing, like, cork board postcard. It's gorgeous. It's really cool. And she writes, Coach Bennett, thank you. You have made me and then in parentheses, or helped me be a better version of myself. And I'm just going to do a little sidebar here. Amelie, yes, helped you. But I, I did not make you a better version of yourself. You did that. Coaches don't make anything great. They just uncover greatness within the athletes. That greatness was there. That better version was there. You're the one that did all the work. Okay, back to it. Thank you for all the kind words and badass vibes. You make all my goals so fun to achieve. Amelie from Canada. Awesome. Well, Amelie, thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. Thank you for this crazy corkboard postcard. I love it. It's fantastic. And keep finding those starting lines, just like Simon, just like everybody. Keep finding the starting lines. Okay, next one is from Sam from Providence. All right, let's open this up. Got a really cool card. 
that was sent. Oh, this is awesome. It's got a unicorn and a rainbow. And there's like a rabbit riding the unicorn. This is wild. Affirmators, it says. And then on the back, it's got something about confidence. This is awesome, too. All right, so got a cool card. Thank you for that, Sam. Okay, Coach Bennett, thank you. You have transformed running for me from an unhealthy sport of beating myself up and trying to punish my body, manipulating and starving it to unhealthy lengths to a beautiful, fun, exciting pastime. I love to run and can celebrate when I have to say no because of fatigue, thunder, unrealistic expectations, or when I start shooting all over myself. Honoring my body, spirit, and mind, it's about the running, but not about the running. I do have a question. I'm about to dive into week 11 of the 10K plan. So much fun. And I'm wondering what to do past 10K. Start it over for a new experience. Do the next plan and distance. Just pick and choose randomly from the 279 guided runs. What's your plan when you're done with the plan? Thank you much, Sam. P.S. I hope you enjoy this little card and blessings to you and the other Bennett's. Awesome, Sam. And it's a great question, but guess what? You already answered the question. It could be any of those things. It could be none of those things. It could be something you didn't even add. You could start over the experience for, for you know, just do the 10K plan again. And it will be a new experience because you're a new version of yourself. You could do the next distance, but the next distance could be not the half marathon. It could be the 5K. You could pick and choose randomly from the 279 guided runs, which it's more now. Absolutely, you can do that. You can train for nothing at all. Just the day. What do I want to do? today. That's the cool part about finishing a plan like the 10K plan. Because when you finish the 10K plan, what you should know is I can do anything. I can run any kind of run. I can run wherever I want. I can play with distances. I can play with efforts. I can play with terrains. I can do anything. And you basically answered the question yourself, which is part of the reason why you do those plans. Because as I mentioned, one of the goals is not for you just to cross the finish line on race day or be able to cover a certain distance in a certain time. It's for you to become your own best coach. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened over the course of these 11 weeks so far in the plan. So cheers to you, coach. I gladly accept being demoted to assistant coach. Okay. Next question is from, I believe it's Fra Riley. It's hard to read it, but I think it says Fra Riley. Okay. And this is from Australia. So fantastic. The land of Oz. All right. Hello, Coach Bennett from Sydney. Firstly, thank you, thank you for your company and guidance on our first marathon journey. We are having a great time running with you. We have six weeks to go to the Sydney Marathon. My question is, in jest though, Although running is my sport, so are nice shoes, high heels. Will my toes ever be the same? All the positive vibes. Um, no, they won't be. They won't ever be the same because you won't ever be the same. You're just going to keep running and you're going to keep finding starting lines and you're going to keep making those toes gnarly in the best possible way. I think, though, that you should wear the high heels and let everyone know that those dogs of yours, because they are dogs now, because they're running feet, yeah, that is a sign of life being lived to its fullest. Perfect-looking feet? Like, come on. You got anything perfect is suspect as far as I'm concerned. So if you've got some gnarly-looking feet, 
you're living a gnarly life. And I mean that in the best possible way. So enjoy those weird toes of yours, okay? They are a sign of running, and that's pretty awesome. Okay, next question, Brandon from Bakersfield. Okay, my name is Brandon, and I'm a newish runner out in California. I say newish because I ran cross-country in high school, fell out of the habit in college, but your guided runs helped me rediscover my love for running. Thank you for all the work you've done. Having someone along on the runs with me has really kept me going. I ran a half marathon in March, awesome, and I'm currently training for a marathon. I'm so pumped. I will admit, though, I have a weird running habit. I don't really listen to music or podcasts. I'm an audiobook man. I love the build-up and payoff of a good book. When I finish a run but have 15 minutes left in a chapter, well, I guess I have 15 minutes left in my run. I enjoy listening to this podcast during my morning routine. I enjoy hearing you discuss what books you're reading. My question for you is, if you had to pick five books that every person should read in their life, what would you pick and why? Again, thank you for all the work you've done inspiring us to approach that starting line. It's about running, but it's also not about running. Thanks, Brandon. You know, Brandon... That's a really great question, and it's weird. I think I would have had an answer for that five years ago, and I would have had an answer for that 10 years ago and 15 years ago and probably 20 years ago, and I don't have an answer for it now, and I'm going to tell you why, and this isn't a cop-out. This is the real deal. I don't think there's five books I can tell everyone they need to read because I think it doesn't work that way. And I think I've come to that conclusion um, with every new day that I live that I can tell you the five books that are essential to me and the life I'm living, but I don't know if I can make that case for other people and say, this is going to resonate with you the way it resonated with me. I can say these are five books I loved, and maybe you'll love them, or I think you'll love them. I don't think I'm going to make that list of five for anyone, that these are the five books you have to read. I would say these are the five books I would have to read. Looking back at the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books I've read, if I could only read five, and I feel like they would have the most positive impact on my life, I could do that. And maybe I will do that. That's a really cool question. So you kind of, in a weird way, made me start thinking of like a different way to do this. Because it, it only dawned on me when I read your question that I don't know if I can answer that anymore. And I would have answered it. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm answering your question, but I'm definitely not answering your question. But I think you led to another really cool episode we could do, or at least part of an episode, where I talk about, like, you know, the five books that changed my life. Whether or not they changed yours, I don't know, but they changed mine. Okay, I think we have time for one more question. And this is from Dana Jerry Meyer. And she sent me this book that she wrote Skip to the fun parts, cartoons and complaints about the creative process. And above the creative process, she has crossed out a guide to. Um, so this is awesome. Let me just, and she has this awesome drawing that she did herself of a woman running. And it says, this is about running and this is not about running. And that is awesome. I'll, I'll include a picture of that somewhere. That's great. So here, here's what she writes. Dear Coach Bennett, Enclosed is a copy of my book, Skip to the Fun Parts. I'm a cartoonist and writer based in Washington, D.C., and I found your guided run so helpful when I was in the process of writing it that I gave you a mention in the acknowledgments. That's cool. Anyhow, not sure if it's your type of book, but it's short and mostly pictures if that helps. So here's a question for you. 
for the past many, many, many months, I've been trying to come up with a cartoon essay about running, and I've been unable to get it done for a long time. Not sure why. I can't seem to figure out how to discuss it in a way that doesn't sound like not very interesting humble bragging. Tried to use that last line in the cartoon itself. Still no dice. Maybe you have some pointers on how I can get it across the finish line. Ha ha. Thank you again for all that you do. I'm sure there are many other books that are better as a result of their authors going on runs with you. Sincerely, Dana. Dana, first of all, congratulations. It is an epic achievement to produce a book, to create a book. So congratulations. Thank you for sharing it with me, and I will be reading it. As for any advice on the cartoon essay about running and how to get it across the finish line, um, don't get it across the finish line. That's my advice. It, it shouldn't end. It should be a cartoon that, that never reaches a finish line. And I think your, your protagonist in it should be portrayed as much as constantly being a part of this journey, this, this never-ending run. And I think if you can do that, then it will truly be about running and not about running. So... Thanks for the book, and thanks for the question, Dana. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. Obviously, I only scratched the surface of all of the questions, but this isn't the last episode, and it's definitely not the last mailbag episode. So once again, thank you to everyone that keeps sending in letters to the mailbag. Keep them coming, because we're going to keep doing this, and whether it's a, a letter celebrating yourself or a question i'm reading them so send them my way and that's it that's episode 21 the black jack episode of coach bennett's podcast i hope you enjoyed it and you know what if you enjoyed it send me a letter or you can just review the podcast you can rate the podcast you can follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to you can share the podcast there's all sorts of things you can do so until the next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and I'll meet you at that next starting line. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter, as well as all the social media sites that I'm on, places like threads and facebook and instagram and mastodon and youtube and even the artist formerly known as twitter whatever that dumpster fire is called today you'll find a link to it because i'm on there thank you so much again for listening and until next time take care of yourself <laughs>